Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Ascend and Transcend. I'm Elizabeth Pearson, and today I'm very excited to welcome Kaylin Asher. She is a business coach and overall badass and has a wonderful way to help us work less and make more with her three-day workweek uh, program, which you can get online and on her website. She's got lots of really good freebies, so be sure to check it out. But I wanted to welcome Kaylin to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Elizabeth. I'm so excited to be here today. Yeah. So we'll just start out. We were kind of chatting a little bit before we started recording about your journey, right? How you went from having different businesses. She said she was never a traditional nine to fiver, which I love. I feel like that was probably something your soul nudged you away from early on, like most. So I would just like to hear a little bit about your background. I know that you're a mom of two children as well. And so I think it's really important for not only women who are working in a professional field, but also as moms to try to find time to be as efficient as possible while still making time to listen to our souls and let that be our guidance. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background yeah, and your journey? Happy to. Yes. As you mentioned, I've never had a traditional career. <laughs> I'm very much unemployable at this point of my life. <laughs> I love it. Embrace that. Um, but you're right. Ever since I was young, honestly, a, a, a kid, a teenager, I was always thinking about what I, I wanted to create and what I wanted to offer that felt like an authentic extension of me. I had this like feeling in the pit of my stomach, like this yearning to do something meaningful and purposeful. And I didn't know what that was, but yeah. I knew it wasn't going to be found in a cubicle in an office. And so I luckily had very supportive parents and an amazing partner <laughs> who all were on board for me to just be on this journey of exploration. And that's really what my 20s were about. I started a number of different businesses, all of which I loved at that moment and they served yeah. a purpose and I got from it what I needed. But it was really around the time when I became a mom for the first time that I started to feel tired. It was like I had been pushing with a certain kind of energy to figure this out for so long. And mm -hmm. I was I was exhausted and I was pregnant and this baby was arriving. And I had this moment where I was like, should I just stop? Like, is, is my purpose rather to just be a present mom for this new little being that's arriving? Mm -hmm. And what came to me after sitting with that for a few months, I took some months off after she was born, was that there'd be some point when that didn't feel like the right choice anymore, that there'd be some regret involved mm -hmm. or some something that wouldn't make me feel like the most fullest expressed version of myself. And okay. so... I didn't know what it would look like, but I had this concept of having a an abbreviated work week, just working three days. Prior to that, I had been teaching yoga and I actually was working with some yoga teachers and yoga businesses to help them build more of an online presence. I had okay. always been intrigued in the online world. I had a blog for a really long time, started blogging back in like 07 or 08. And so I was just kind of, I didn't realize I was coaching them, but I was coaching them. Got it. After my daughter arrives, take some time off, reflect, I kind of discovered the coaching world for the first time and it cracked me open. I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, there's these powerful feminine women showing up, holding space for others to help them transform their lives. And it felt like this amazing pay it forward. It's something I've been trying to do for myself for so long, 
Right. What if I could create a container that supported other women in that process? And it was like this complete 180 of the way I had been looking at my business and my life. And so I learned from the coaches that inspired me and created that first high ticket offer. And while working just three days a week and that that first year when I found coaching and stepped into my three day work week and had my brand new baby that that year, I really began to hit my stride and I made more money that year than probably the previous three years combined in my business. And then the year after that, um, that was my first six figure year. And I also found out I was pregnant with my second daughter at the time. Oh God! So it was really, but what I shared that piece of it because becoming a mom is what really unlocked, unlocked this new path for me, this, these new priorities and allowed me Mm -hmm. to more powerfully step into my purpose. And, and then when my second daughter was coming, I realized I have to think about ways to, to outsource, to automate pieces of this business. If I, and the business still grew that year. And I took four months off after my second daughter was born. And so it's really been, it's been a lesson for me after all those years of like yeah. hustling and working so hard that these little beings are arriving in my life. I'm taking more time off, working less than ever before. And the business just, it, yeah. it found itself. And that was, it was really amazing to, to be on that journey. Yeah. Children are this wonderful gift of perspective, right? Yeah. And what is the hustle costing you? Mm-hmm. And I probably like you felt the same way. It was costing. I did have a like corporate sales job, but it was costing me way more than they were paying me because ultimately they could never pay me enough to feel like the sacrifices that were being made for them were equivalent to the sacrifices I was making to myself first and foremost, but also to my girls. So this idea of the three-day work week. So a lot of people say, I've written articles on this as well, four-day work week. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people think it's a pie in the sky thing and that you Mm -hmm. really do have to grind and hustle and really exert a lot of effort to produce results. And I don't believe in that, but I would like to hear you explain why you don't believe in that either. Yeah. I don't believe in it because I tried the other way. Yeah, <laughs> did it exactly. I tried it for, it was about seven years of really like pushing, hustling, burning myself out, not to mention all the mindset stuff that's going on that accompanies that kind of energy that, you know, just beating myself up in my own brain. But when I, and one of actually the most powerful things for me was just witnessing my pregnancies, <laughs> you know, that the fact mm-hmm. that this all of a sudden I was pregnant, it was, they were surprised both times I, you know, we were married and kind of trying, but the babies, you know, they arrived when right. they want to. And so that felt um, pretty effortless on my part, which was amazing. I know that's not everyone's experience, but, right. and then the, the pregnancy, I mean, their body just knows what to do and you just allow it to happen. You know, and it was, it was really interesting. I was like, oh my goodness, if creating a human is easier for me than running a business, I'm doing something wrong. (laughs) Right. There's something balanced here. And so that was a really powerful lesson about it's, it's not about not doing work. It's not about, you know, being lazy. It's about waiting for the inspired action to arrive for you and to trust that even if it goes a little against the grain or a lot against the grain of what people are telling you to do, 
that it's right for you and the people that you are meant to serve and you are meant to reach. And that's honestly a lesson I'm I'm still learning because culture has powerful storylines that tell us that there's a certain way to create success and a certain way to do things. But the more that I just kind of release my rigid expectations, my rigid agenda, and play more in my business, right. like, you know, what can I do today? How can I show up? And and for sure, I have structures that that keep me supported and allow me to serve in a bigger, more powerful way, the structure helps to a degree. Mm-hmm. But when you are like rushing through life, just trying to get to some end destination, that energy never produces the feelings of probably ease and abundance, fulfillment, joy, peace, all of that stuff that you really want to get right. to don't match up. But you hit on something that I couldn't agree with more. It's this conditioning, the societal conditioning, whether it's the environmental conditioning that we have. I think when people hear a three-day work week or that you even want that to your point, it is, it's like, well, you're just being lazy. And if you're making enough or you're making multiple six figures three days, then why don't you just bump it up to six days and then just make double? It's this thirst and this, you know, this conditioning to consume and always want and need more. But when you really trim it down and you do embrace this art of allowing things to flow into your life without the the effort that everybody thinks needs to be exerted to get something, then you realize that it is probably enough. And then once you realize it's enough, it expands again, right? It's like the beauty of it. But I know this hu- this hustle culture, I feel like is so toxic. It's especially toxic, I feel like, to women and mothers. And it is this, you know, I, I loved Lean In. I personally feel like Sheryl Sandberg is a hero, but it's not for everybody. It is very different, but I think it's more about making those decisions and then sticking to it. So if it's a three-day week or whatever, not feeling like you have to validate it to people of why you're only working three days a week because they probably think you could work more and make more money and who the fuck wouldn't want to do that. And so that is what I feel like is the really incredible thing about your story and mine as well. I I love it. My husband will be on conference calls and I'm like, you know what? I think I'm just going to like catch up on my TV today. (laughs) He just looks at me and I'm like, or I'm just going to read or I'm going to meditate or I'm going to go for like a jog at the beach. Like, I just don't, I don't care. And I'll actively post it on Instagram too. Like, here's me not working today because I just don't want to. And I think that that's okay. I think that actually feeds into the manifestation of the bigger things. Would you agree? Completely. I think we need space for stuff to come through. If we're constantly in doing mode, there's no, no room for creative thoughts to land, new ideas to come through. I mean, if I, if I can like remember when certain, certain big ideas came through in my business, it was never while I was like at my computer typing away. It was like, while I was on a jog or while I was on vacation or in the shower, or it's, it's never when you're doing and doing more. Yeah. So how do you keep the discipline then? What what is kind of the fine line between being disciplined and then having, I assume, a, an incredibly efficient and effective three days versus kind of peppering it out to like maybe five or six half days? Like take us a little bit through the ideology behind this. And then if you can share any sort of tactics with us, that would be greatly appreciated too. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, I think you need to figure out what works for you. Everyone's right. energy is different. 
I, at the time when I set up my three-day work week, and, and honestly, it's going to be in transition. My girls are getting to school age, so it might shift with the school schedule. But I had this brand new baby and I wanted to have four day weekends with my husband and the little yeah. baby. And so I, my, my mom and my sister were available to watch her in our house on certain days. And so I kind of collaborated with them to make it a win-win situation that we could have in-home childcare from family members. And so it was, it was what made sense for me at that season of my life. And, mm -hmm. and it's worked for a good long while. My girls are still young. They're four and six. And so I still like that because my little one's not in school on Mondays during the summer. We do, you know, we take a lot of Fridays off or half days. And right now mm -hmm. Fridays while they're in school, um, my husband and I often spend at least the afternoon together, if not most of the day, we like go out to mm -hmm. lunch and, and do stuff that we want to do together. Yeah. And so that I think is really important to this is not about everyone having a three-day work week, although that would be really freaking cool. <laughs> I think there'd be a lot of happy people walking around if we could just get a three, even four-day. I mean, but like this slug, this five-day slug to have two precious days to yourself, which most people spend, you know, at least one of those mornings hung over. It's just like, um, it's crazy. It just doesn't feel like a life well-lived. It's an antiquated system, right? It was right. developed back during, I think it was the Industrial Revolution, because men were believed to have eight good labor hours in them a day. <laughs> really? That's why it started. I'm like, we're so far beyond that, right? Yeah. And one of the beautiful things that came out of this pandemic was that we got a glimpse of, oh, we don't have to go and sit in an office for an arbitrary 40 hours, whatever, plus or minus a week, just because we've always done that, there's other ways mm -hmm. of doing this. And, and I have a friend who was saying that because, because of the pandemic, she was able to drop her girls off at school and pick them up for the first time ever. And now that she's transitioning wow. back to work, she's not gonna be able to do that anymore. And this was like yeah. a little glimpse of, oh, my life could be something different than it is. Well, that's why nobody's going back to their job. No. I mean, that's why so many of these people yeah. are standing up and saying, you know what, I'm not going back to the office five days a week. Yeah. And that's why it's so hard to fill these jobs. You know, the pandemic came and everybody did these mass layoffs, which just obliterates company culture and trust with an organization. And then now all of a sudden everybody's vaccinated. It's like, well, come on back. And it's like, no, I don't think so. And I think it's great. I hope there is this revolution, especially with mothers who say, you know what? I got just as much done doing that pick up and drop off and I'm going to come in and my hours are going to be flex or I'm going to have a couple days a week home from flex. So then Caitlin, tell me this. So you said that you started outsourcing some things and I feel like this is applicable to female business owners, but also the women who have more like corporate America jobs. What are some of the things that you were able to outsource that you felt made the biggest impact, which freed up this time? Yeah. So what I did to even figure out what those things were, because sometimes we can be so lost in the weeds, was I took notes during my days, a couple days in a row. I set a timer on my phone every hour. I'd right. stop, jot down what I did. And then after those few days, I looked back and I was like, what do I actually enjoy doing on this list? What do I clearly not enjoy and what am I not good at? And so it was really yeah. easy in that by just like looking at the data <laughs> on the paper 
right. to see where am I waste, wasting my time essentially. And so for me, I realized there was a lot of like piddling around in the inbox and scheduling stuff. You know, I, I still write my own content, but scheduling it on all the social media platforms and via email and just doing, doing that administrative work essentially. Great. And so I realized, you know, if I can free up even just a couple hours a week by paying another woman who hopefully really likes doing this sort of thing, like being that like behind the scenes, moving right. the pieces, I can support her and her business and I get a couple hours. And if I can get another client, that more than pays for her, like the like 5X, 10X pays for her time. So it, right. it, it gave me permission to do that. But honestly, you know, when it comes to the first, first things I outsourced, like those were the business things. But the first thing I did was hire a house cleaner. <laughs> like, yeah. This is not, this is not a good use of my time. I'm not good at cleaning. I don't really like it. I mean, maybe that sounds yeah. a little like princess or whatever, but it just, I realized. Well, it's all what you, your means exactly. can afford. But I think there's a difference between saying I can't afford it and then being cheap with yourself. Yeah. And and you can spend however much, like, I mean, I'm sitting here drinking a $5 Starbucks. That's not going away. Yeah. <laughs> like that is something that I will spend that on myself every day and feel really good about it. I don't care. You know, there's, I, but same with you. I have a wonderful support system here as well. And Denia is my rock and she's here and she does with her team, the stuff to your point, which I don't feel like is a good use of my time. And so if you can outsource, but even professionally too, I'll add in a lot of my clients come and they say the same thing. There's just not enough hours in the day. And some of them are in very specific roles, right? Or they have very specific businesses and they're like, I'm on a call with a client. And then afterwards I have to send a recap or a proposal and they're drowning in the admin. And it's like, if you can find somebody who can help out, who's got that background. Mm -hmm. So if they have a background in PR or something like that, and they yeah. can translate what you're saying, and then they can be taking notes on the call and they can be drafting the proposal for maybe your final review before it goes out. But same thing with client proposals, right? Mm -hmm. Or client agreements or things like that. Just have them sit in on the call, take the notes for you, and then you can take a look at it before the final product goes out. It's like a huge time saver. Yes, it so is that like, it's not about once they handle it, you're not allowed to look at it or touch it, but just remove right. all the time you're spending with it so that exactly you can have that final look over, you know, give it your yeah. seal of approval and, you know, that's enough. You don't have to do it all. So do you, you have a virtual assistant then, or is there somebody? I have a, yeah, I have an OBM. Okay. And how did you find her? Oh, goodness. She's been with me for five and a half years. <laughs> She's been with me a long Great. time. Um, she was a referral. I was asking around in one of an, I think a Facebook group, an online community I was a part of at the time, and just saying like, who's an amazing person to handle these certain things. And, and when she started, her role yeah. was much different than it is now. We've really grown together and as trust was developed, I handed more and more over to her. She really runs mm -hmm. the back end of the business. But because yeah, I think that that's something that people struggle mm -hmm. with too, right? It's like, well, where do I find these people? Yeah. That's going to take time to find the help and then train them. But it's a means to an end. And to your point, I think even if you are trying to build a social media following or whatever, even with this podcast, 
I reached out to other women that I really respect and say, hey, who do you use as a producer, right? And then they refer me to this woman who happens to be a minority and a single mother, and she's such a hard worker, right? It's like, she does such a great job. And so it's like, okay, great. So even on Instagram or to your point, Facebook, you can reach out to other people who are, seem to be doing it well and then ask them who they use. And maybe you use their person too, or that person has a referral. But to your point, I don't think you have to just go in blind and, you know, start having to feel like you have to kind of weed through a whole bunch of candidates. No, that would be completely overwhelming. I think the best people I've connected with have all been referrals and, yeah, and yeah, that feels, that feels good. And that's how I've gotten some of my best clients. They've been referred to me. So it feels just like a very, a very natural place to, to connect with those right individuals. Yeah. So then what is your plan for scale? Do you feel like you will always kind of, I know that it's kind of going to change as your girls grow and go back to school and things like that. And, and with everybody, right? Life has different demands at different times. Do you foresee yourself being able to sustain the, the three day that you have right now, even if the additional two days, like if the girls are at school, that they just become think days for you or meditation days or just self-care days? Yeah, I think I think there might be a little bit of transitioning, um, partially just because I like my work so much that some days I'm like, I just feel inspired. Right. Like, I love having a day where I get to do my like, fun projects that nothing's like, right, that ne is needed right now. But these big things like, there's an app I want to develop and just like to spend a couple hours researching it, just for whatever reason, right. because that is something I want to do and not feeling like I'm not being productive. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I'm doing to help to scale the business itself is the last six months have been dedicated to building an automated webinar funnel for our signature um, group coaching program. So that that's going to really enable the business to just grow to whatever capacity, no matter how many hours I am or I'm not working in a given right. week. How is that going? Because building a funnel, I mean, we hear this, right? Like any entrepreneur, especially a coach, I feel like it's so incestuous. Everybody's like, buy my coaching, this, this and that. And, and I've invested in some stuff like that. And it just feels like, ugh, like to do like the, the webinar and the funnel and all of that. Like, I know that they work, and then you have to support it with ads. But how is that process going for you? Is that something that you're doing on your own? Or were you able to outsource and get support in the creation? Of yeah, that? that would that's not something I'm doing on my own. That this is it's a beast of a project. If I'm being personal, yes, like perfectly honest, it's a big project. Um, so my, um, my right hand gal, my OBM, who I mentioned earlier, Raven, she is really building it. So I get to create the content. I write the emails, I recorded the webinar, but then she built the thing actually, because I don't, I'm not yeah. good at that. That's not my zone of genius. And I am working with a coach who has, I think it's an eight or nine figure business at this point that's built on the back yeah. of these funnels. So I know I'm learning from the best, um, but it, it has been a, a long-term project. You have to be in it for the long haul. <laughs> right. I know. I keep teeter tottering on that too. Like I love my one-on-one -on -one. Clients and but I'm sure you feel this too, Kaylin. It's like there's only so many hours in a day, and and it's it is an energy um, demand on you, right? Um, but super fulfilling, and so it's this like 
do I keep that and then get this in- immense joy and fulfillment? Or is it time to really kind of wake up and be like, maybe it's time to automate the bulk of this. And I think that can be a really hard transition for people too. And I mean, with any business that you have, hiring people and then kind of entrusting them with a piece of you and your baby, which is your brand and feeling safe enough to do that. And like, there'll be a good representation of that. Was that hard for you? It was. Yeah. I think that it took me a long while and like I said, she's been with me <laughs> over five years now that it, yeah. it did. It took a long while to really develop a level of trust where I could know that if I just give her the bare minimum, it's going to be handled probably even better than I could do. Right. But right. in the beginning, there's a lot of like, did you do that? Let me check it. How'd it go? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And, and so it's, it's been a, a while and learning how to work with someone like she's got different rhythms and, you know, patterns and things that she needs. Yeah. And we've had other people in and out. We have a VA and a Facebook ads manager and other transient people who've come and gone in the business. And, but mm-hmm. um, like, I know right now, one of my top priorities as the CEO or the leader of the business is to make sure she's happy in her role because now the business needs her. And so that's been an interesting, interesting shift from it going like everything's mine. And like, here's a little bit for you. And now it's like, she's got so much on her plate. I'm like, how can I keep you happy? (laughs) Because I want to make sure that you are, you're happy here and that, you know, we have a great relationship, but just checking in and making sure that she's feeling fulfilled by her work too. Well, I think that's a big piece of it too when I've been at a crossroads about like, do I outsource that piece or not? I've always said, you know, I kind of defaulted into like, but what if they don't do it as good? And my husband always says, but what if they can do it better? And I I mean, I think sometimes that's hard, especially for an entrepreneur to hear that anybody could potentially do something better than even you could. But clearly there are people out here who are experts in these different things And to your point, so many more people are really craving that work from home flexibility Mm -hmm. and the, you know, kind of like on demand work that now is the perfect time to outsource, let things go, whether it's just domestic tasks, whether it's getting your spouse or your partner, if you have one more involved in supporting those things so that you have more free time. Because another thing I hear from women is, well, if I worked less, I would just do more like household chores, right? Like shit would come up. I would just go to Target twice a week instead of once, or I would do this or that. So I think to your point, you have to have a plan of what am I then going to do with this time that is back for me, right? Is it going Mm -hmm. to be focused on deep inner spiritual exploration or self-care? Is it going to be on new business strategies, how to scale, different things like that? So to your point, I think that is very important to have some sort of structure around that. Otherwise, it could very well end up to being like binge days on your couches, especially if your kids are at school, you know, versus being productive. Yes, completely. And I I know for me, and I, I don't think I really understood how to honor it until probably becoming a mom, but that yeah. I need a lot of quiet time and space <laughs> and me time. Right. I, I, I had that by default before, and I didn't realize that I really, really needed that. And so yeah. it's definitely, you know, and I still catch myself of like, oh, I picked up my phone again. I'm going to put that in the other room. I'm going to take a book. I'm going to go sit on the porch. I'm going to go lay in the right. sunshine. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to 
can finally get back to yoga now. I'm going to go to my yoga class. <laughs> I've been doing my right. whole practice, but you know, I, I get into a class once in a while. It feels really good. So yeah. Um, so it sounds like the main takeaway is that it's really good to deeply evaluate your schedule, what you're spending mm -hmm. time on, where you're focusing your energy, and then creating that space to listen to your spirit and your soul and that energy, that non-physical being of you that is trying to guide you. And if we can just shut up long enough to hear it a little bit and then maybe get it amplified a little bit, that that will provide you with these answers. But when we're in the hustle, when we're in the grind, when we're in really the distraction, which is what all of that is, then we aren't going to be guided. And a lot of times that will come out as feeling like you're, I, I call it like driving a car with a parking brake on, right? You can still go, it'll grind and it will go, but you're going to have to exert a lot of energy to do it versus just slowly letting it down and then seeing how much further you can go, how much faster. So Thank you so much for this time, Kaylin. Everybody go to Kaylin's website. It's going to be linked below, but it's kaylinasher.com. And you can learn all about her three-day work week. You can take her course to help you to help create that framework and that structure. Also check out her website for lots of really great free content. Thank you so much. She's got a great freebie there as well. Kaylin, what is one thing that you want to leave these wonderful women who have tuned in today with? I think something that's really important to remember is that the journey where the path that you're on has to align with the destination of where you want to go. So if you want to go to a place of ease and abundance and living your best life, you can't get there by hustling and grinding and pushing yourself to the brink and feeling so alone in the process. You have to open yourself up, like you said, to that greater energy around us, let, allow ourselves to feel supported, to feel that sense of ease on the journey to get to where we want to go. Because it's not going to match up otherwise. And that's something that I always remind myself of. And hopefully that's helpful to whoever's listening now. 100%. If you're grinding and hustling, you're just going to perpetuate that. The end is going to be a grind and a hustle. If you allow and you go with the flow. I mean, I don't know who said that first, but I swear to God, everything just boils down to that. Then you'll probably effortlessly get there. And it might not even be the destination that you have in mind. It's probably something a lot better. So thank you so much for your time today. Everybody tune in next week. We'll have another fantastic guest. Thanks a lot again to Kaylin Ashar, our guest this week. Thanks, Elizabeth.